Welcome to the Fitbox Podcast. This is your host, Joseph Frankie. Glad you're here listening. On our podcast, we talk about two main things. First and foremost, we interview members of Fitbox so that way you can hear their stories about how they're repaying debt, how they're saving for retirement, buying homes, all this type of stuff really to give you motivation and some different ideas. That's the first thing we talk about. The second thing our podcast do is we take individual finance topics and go through them in more detail. So that way you can say, does this apply to me? And how does this apply to my plan? So if you have questions or you want to sign up for Fitbucks, you can do so in the show notes, fitbucks.com, build your profile, schedule a call. We'll be talking to you soon. Enjoy the episode. To the podcast, if you're watching on YouTube, welcome there as well. Today, I'm going to be talking about what we call a super rot, um, the t- type of insurance policy. You don't see them very often because of the circumstances, which I'll explain in a minute. But that's what we're going to be talking about today. And this specific episode is for those of you that are making at least two hundred to two hundred fifty thousand dollars or more if you're married that could be combined and you've already done things like your 401k you're paying off your mortgage you're accomplishing your goals and you're sitting around saying i got some extra money um i got to invest what do i do i'll give you some examples like um we got people that you know pay off their student loans aggressively and then they have no other debt and they're like what else can i do that's tax advantage to me this episode is for you. This is one of many different options that are out there. We talk about retirement income diversification a lot where when you hit retirement, you want things that are taxed differently, different vehicles. This is one of them. Okay? So if you sit if you're in those buckets or you anticipate that you're going to be in one of those buckets and you want something that's outside like the realm of, of what quote unquote mainstream is shoving down everybody's throat because you're looking for some type of alternatives because you have extra money, this episode's for you. Before I dive into it, uh, if you're listening on the podcast, subscribe. If you are watching on YouTube, subscribe, hit the like button, and the notification bell. Um, it helps you guys because you're going to get notified when new episodes come out. It helps us because it helps grow the channels, helps get the word out. Share this with your friends. The more that we get this out to everybody, the better. It's a win-win situation for everybody. So please do that when you guys get a second here. And let's dive into it. We call this thing a super Roth. This is something that I used to use a lot back when I was uh, in wealth management, uh, working with like 50 and 55 year olds that had extra money. Um, it's a concept that a lot of people don't, don't think about. And it has to do with life insurance. Um, when you have a whole life insurance policy or cash value policy or an index universal life policy, whatever they want to call them, cash value policies, okay? Um, They've gotten a really, really bad rap in the industry, as they should, uh, because a lot of people misuse them. A lot of people will be like, oh, get insurance and investments at the same time. And it's like, they sell it as that. It doesn't make any sense, okay? But those of us that really know the mathematics behind the insurance companies and how they price these things, you can take advantage of some laws around uh, cash value policies and the way they are tax deferred and how you take out loans to generate tax-free money um, and actually benefit from a, from a cash value policy. So I'm gonna walk you through those mechanics, okay? So think about this, okay? Let's just say you're an insurance agent and you're talking to a customer and a client. Most people, what they wanna do is get as much life insurance as they can and pay as little as they can 
And that's the whole purpose of a term life insurance policy. And so what ends up happening when you, when you typically get a, a cash value or a whole life insurance policy is that they're telling you, hey, your premiums will grow the time. Cost of insurance is so much that that cash value grows extremely slow, if at all. And so it doesn't make any sense to do that as an investment, okay? However, we can manipulate those numbers. So let's just say you go to an insurance agent and they're like, well, if you pay $12,000 a year, you could get a million dollars in life insurance, but the cash value is gonna grow slowly. But what happens if you say, look, I'm still gonna pay $12,000 a year, but instead of a million dollars in life insurance, I want a half a million dollars in life insurance. What ends up happening is the cost of insurance shrinks, therefore your cash value grows a lot faster. Okay, so you can manipulate these numbers so the cash value grows. Why is that a benefit? You could do something like an indexed universal life policy. Well, every year you are guaranteed a 2% to 12% return and it's based on the stock market but you're guaranteed between those that bracket so your cash value can never go down okay so it gives you some diversification within your investments and it also gives you some guarantees because that growth is tax deferred you don't pay taxes on it until you actually take the money out so you get some tax benefit and if you never take it out the benefit is not the cash value to your beneficiary. It's tax-free with the death benefit. So there's a lot of benefits within this. And I'm gonna go through that again because I know I just, a lot of you are like, wait, 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 what? Like, I'm gonna walk you through how all that's set up. I'm gonna give you an example of how I use this for myself also, okay? So what ends up happening, and remember, this is all about diversification of how you hold your assets. So once you have like all these things, your debt paid off and all this stuff, and you've done like your 401k and your Roth IRA, you got extra money. You're like, what else can I do? This is just another vehicle that can allow you to have different tax benefits, okay? And so, and that's by the way, I, I, I hear people sometimes on the radio trying to sell these things and they're trying to put everybody into it. This is not for everybody. Like I said, this has to do with a small piece of your investments. And if you have leftover money and you just start trying to do stuff extra with it, okay? That's why we say you have to have a minimum of like 200 to 250 grand in income to do something like this, all right? So let's go dive back into it. I put the money in because I'm reducing my death benefit. The cost of insurance is lower, which means my cash value grows. And if I do this in an index universal life policy, it's going to be my returns are tied to the S&P 500. And I'm guaranteed every year that that value won't drop. So it can only go up. Now, what happens is that it grows tax deferred. And then when you hit retirement age, you never have to take the money out. You're not forced to like a 401k or a traditional IRA. So you can just leave the money there. But if you want to take it out, I told you it's taxed when you take out a withdrawal, but you don't need to take out the money as a withdrawal. You can take it out as a loan because it's an insurance policy. And because it's a loan, you don't have to pay taxes on it. So you can work with your, with your insurance agent to say, what's the amount that I can take every year, every month. So that way the policy doesn't lapse because if the policy lapses, like you, you, they, they cancel the insurance on you because there's not enough money there anymore, then you pay taxes. So you don't want that to happen. So you just take out like $500 a month, $1,000 a month. 
and the policy never lapses, so it's a loan, you never pay tax on it. And then if you die, the beneficiary gets the death benefit, which is tax-free. So what ends up happening, a lot of people don't realize this, when, when like, let's say you're a married couple, they'll sit there and say, well, I have, you know, a million dollars saved up. We're good for retirement. And that's okay. That's pretty good right now for somebody that's 65 years old. But what they don't understand is the probabilities. And what probability says is that one of those people are going to get sick and spend down that money pretty aggressively. And so what ends up happening is like one spouse, you get to be like 75 years old and one spouse gets sick for three or four years and then they die. And the remaining spouse has like a hundred to $300,000 left and that's it. And it's like, oh shit. Like, what do we do? Like, so this is a good policy to potentially get into because you could say, look, if we're retired at 65, maybe we could take $250, $500, $750 a month out of this contract and we could use this to live off of. And then in, if one spouse dies at like 78, the other spouse could get the tax-free death benefit so that way they still have enough money to live off of the rest of their lives, okay? And I'm gonna give you an example of how this works um, because there's also another way to do it. Like if you have a cash value policy already, then you could do like what my wife did. So when we first met, she was like 26 and her aunt had gotten her a cash value policy when she was little and they had been paying premiums into it. It was something like $2,600 a year was going into this thing. And that was after 25 years and the cash value was only at like $20,000. It was ridiculous. And the death benefit was only a hundred grand. It was ridiculous. And so I took the cash value, put it into a different policy with a $400,000 death benefit that was tied to the, to the S&P 500. And because of the cash value, the amount that we were transferring in, she never has to make another premium payment in her life. It will never lapse. Okay. So that was about 10 years ago. That account, the cash value is now worth about 55,000 and the death benefits about 455,000. By the time we hit uh, 65, the cash value is projected to be about $250,000 and the death benefit's gonna be projected to be about $750 to $800, or $800,000, okay? So at like 65, if we wanted to, we could start taking out like $500 a month, $1,000 a month, and the policy would never lapse because the cash value itself is paying for the insurance. And then if one of, if, if she died, for example, I would get $700,000, $600,000, whatever, whatever we took. So it's that balance, that $800,000 less what we took out. Like say we withdrew $200,000 over time, then the death benefit would be like 600 grand to me tax-free. Like it's a no brainer, but that was with a lump sum amount that we put into it, okay? You could do the same thing with monthly and annual payments also. Now, it's not always that cut and dry. There is some caveats to this, okay? There's a thing called a modified endowment contract because the government's, they're, they kind of caught on to what people, like really wealthy people were doing with these. So they put out this test called the seven pay test. I'm not gonna go into details on what it is. Long story short, you can only put in so much premium over a seven year period. And if you put in more, then it's considered a modified endowment contract. And at that point, taxed, right? So it's really easy to get around that. You basically just ask your life insurance uh, company that is doing this policy with you every year, how much can you put into it without triggering the MEC laws 
or the, the seven paid test and they'll tell you because they're also liable for it. So they do the calculation for you and they will tell you this is the most you can put in or you've already put the most in, you can't contribute to this anymore. So they will tell you what to do. All right. So that is one major loophole that you could take advantage of if you have extra money sitting around. Like I told you guys, most of the time we look at 200, 250 grand or more in order to, to talk to people about these. However, I've seen it. Yeah, I just talked to a couple the other day. They got they make about 150 grand a year. They completely paid off their student loan debt. It's completely gone. They got no car debt. They have no mortgage debt. They've already maxed out their 401ks. They've done some backdoor stuff on their 401ks for like the mega Roth, like all that type of stuff. Um, they are trying to say, hey, should I buy a house or should I do something else? They're thinking about moving, so they don't really want to buy a house. So they're like, well, what happens if we just put like three or four grand, five grand a year into an insurance policy? Like, and that's how they're using it. And so they're starting to do that. So and that's with 150 grand, but they have no other expenses and they live in a pretty low cost area too. So different situations, but if you have leftover money and you're thinking about doing this, feel free to ask your FitBush coach about this. Again, we call it a super Roth IRA. Um, you know, I don't even, if you guys want to do something like this, schedule a call with your coach, but if they don't know what you're talking about, I like say, hey, can I talk to Joe about this? Because I don't even tell some of our coaches about this because I don't want them to fall in love with it and start telling everybody about it because it's not supposed to be applied to everybody, okay? And we've started training our coaches on this because we do get this question a lot from people, like, should I do this as an investment? Um, but sometimes, like, if they're a newer coach, they might not have been trained on it yet. So if you have questions about this because this is such an advanced thing, ask for me. I can jump on a call with you guys and walk you guys through this stuff too. So as always, thanks for listening. Hope you guys had a good time and I will talk to you soon.